Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This episode contains high passions and hard drugs. We're beginning an epic tale of love-driven madness. Here in the quiet corner of India where I'm recording this, it's very noisy. There's no escape from the birds, cows, occasional passing boat, and distant chanting from the local temples, which is all relayed far and wide over the PA systems they have. All life is here, but the noise is nothing compared to what's going on inside the head of Hector Berlioz. When the young French lad Hector Berlioz was 12, he fell in love. The object of his desires was a lovely 18-year-old friend of the family, and as you might expect, the feelings were not reciprocated. He poured out his feelings of love and loss into a song. When the young composer Hector Berlioz was 26, he went to the theatre in Paris and fell in love again. This time, the object of his desire was the Irish Shakespearean actor Harriet Smithson. Berlioz was bowled over by Shakespeare, despite not speaking any English, and he was bowled over by Smithson too. You can imagine that. If you can't understand the words in the play, you might easily get distracted by one of the performers. He was obsessed. He couldn't get her out of his head. He sent letters, but got no response. Why would he? She was a famous superstar actress. And then, like many an idiotic, crazy young man, he thought he'd find a better way to win her over. A scheme to draw attention to himself, to let her know how he felt. A symphony, big, bold, passionate, like nothing written before. Fantastic, a fantastic symphony. And Symphonie Fantastique is just that. It's a sonic adventure and a deeply personal piece in five sections. And it is quite a long adventure, so I think we should go on a several day trip with Berlioz's passion. Symphony Fantastique is not like a normal symphony. The height of musical sophistication, the best symphonies are thought of as abstract works. It was, is, a bit looked down on if there's an overt story that needs words to explain it. The symphony had reached its recent peak with Beethoven, whose symphonies were a huge hit in Paris as Berlioz began working on this. Beethoven had recently died. Though even Beethoven had written a symphony, his pastoral symphony, where he wrote about his feelings on going to the country. Here, Berlioz writes a whole programme note to go alongside the music. He wants to make it explicit what's going on. There's still plenty left to the imagination, but he wants your imagination to be pointing in the right direction. And if Harriet Smithson is listening, he doesn't want anything left to chance. Symphony Fantastique is the pouring out of all Berlioz's feelings towards Harriet Smithson. He writes that he imagines a young musician, but it's clear who that young musician is. This is absolutely not about her, it's all about him and his vision of her, and initially at least, his idealised picture. The first movement is called Reveries, Passions. Symphony Fantastique starts as it were before the event. It opens with an orchestral version of that song that he'd written when he was 12. Sad, mournful, lovesick, dreamy.
Though he'd burnt the 12-year-old song, he remembered it and thought it got across the overwhelming grief of a young heart in the first pangs of a hopeless love. And then about five minutes in, Berlioz, to quote from his notes, sees for the first time a woman who embodies all the charms of the ideal being he has imagined in his dreams and falls desperately in love with her. So to be clear, he hasn't fallen in love with her, he's fallen in love with the idea of her. And the idea of her gets its own music. Berlioz called it an idée fixe, and this fixed idea comes back in every movement of the music when he's fixating on her. And the music and the model image pursues him and his character incessantly. I want to point out something about the bass line. You might expect it to go bom, 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 bom. But instead, it's doubled up. It makes each one feel like a heartbeat. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. It gives it a presence, an insistence. And I'm not sure this is entirely welcome. It seems to have a level of threat, maybe. And it seems to gain traction as the movement goes on. Berlioz tells us that the first movement takes us from this state of melancholy reverie, interrupted by a few fits of groundless joy, to one of frenzied passion, with its moments of fury, of jealousy, its tears and religious consolations. Now Berlioz kept tinkering with his programme note, and in his final version, 15 years after the piece's first performance, he tries to play down the significance of his words, saying the music should be able to stand alone. But there's also a major change. Initially, as we'll hear later, Berlioz's artist, just before the fourth movement, takes an opium overdose. But now, Berlioz decides this happens before the start, where the young musician poisons himself with opium in a moment of despair caused by frustrated love. The dose of narcotic, while too weak to cause his death, plunges him into a heavy sleep, accompanied by the strangest of visions, in which his experiences, feelings and memories are translated in his feverish brain into musical thoughts and images. So now the whole piece is a drug-induced vision, and I think when you have that information behind you, we hear the music differently. In part two, the ball, the artist finds himself in the most varied situations. In the midst of the tumult of a party, in the peaceful contemplation of nature, 
but everywhere, in the town, in the country, the beloved's image appears before him and disturbs his peace of mind. This is a fast movement that swirls around with added glitter from two harps. Berlioz was adamant that harps only work when there's more than one. Even though they only appear in this five minute movement, he certainly wasn't one to worry about extravagance or it would seem the cost of putting on the show. It's a short upbeat movement, but you can hear a slight frenzy. The disturbed mind is beginning to lose control. And that frenzy uses the Ide Fix theme, this idea of her. At the end of both movements, the negative aspects of the drugs are beginning to take hold. Let's have a listen. Click on the links below for the music. Please give us a comment, either at cacophonyonline.com or on the Facebook page. Like, share and subscribe to the podcast and come back next time to see what happens to Berlioz's lovelorn young artist. And thanks for listening. <laughs>